Welcome to the Inside Muskegon podcast with your host, Jason Pisecki. And now, here's Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number 65. I'm Jason Pisecki. The Inside Muskegon podcast is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders and comments from everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the issues that affect our everyday lives. This week's show features an interview with Steve Cousins, commentary on the interview, and information on contacting Inside Muskegon. Our interview this week is with Steve Cousins, the superintendent of Reese Puffer Schools. I'm here with Steve Cousins, the superintendent of Reese Puffer Schools. Thank you for taking the time out with Inside Muskegon today. Well, thanks for having me. Why don't we start out talking a little bit about your background? Well, I've been superintendent now for Re- at Reese Puffer for four years. Uh, previous to that, I was uh, had several positions in the district. I've been assistant superintendent, principal, and assistant principal um, different times. Um, educationally, I have a, a ma- master's degree in social work and clinical social work and a master's degree in ed leadership. Uh, I used to be an English teacher, so uh, um, been with Reese Puffer for 13 years now. What does your position entail as superintendent? Superintendent is a, a chief uh, office of public official for a school district, and in that you oversee all the operations uh, for a school district, be it academics, um, financial, uh, overseeing state grants. You're responsible for all of that, although oftentimes there are others who help you with that. Um, the operations of the district are, are the responsibility of the superintendent. What gives you the most pride in your schools? Oh, um, I really would have to go to the work that our uh, teaching staff and administrative team, I, I'd say the whole staff, the the work that the whole staff has done over the last five or six years in school improvement. We have been blessed with a group of teachers and paraprofessionals and administrators, um, secretaries, who have been willing to engage in um, training to teach them exactly the best kind of practices that we want to have in the classroom. Um, right down to uh, um, our bus drivers thinking about how do you work with a kid so that you, when you deliver them to school, they're in the m- frame of mind that they're ready to learn. Principles on how not only how to run a, an orderly school and, and make sure that things um, are done the right way and done on time, but um, instructional leadership. How do we motivate and get the kind uh, motivate teachers and get the kind of materials to them so that they can be the very very best in the world? And our teaching staff has just been awesome in undertaking curriculum work and uh, professional development and how they can become better at their jobs. Because when the rubber meets the road, it's how well did the teachers teach in the classroom? And I think Puffer has phenomenal teachers. Give us your take on the state of public education. Well, in Michigan, it's it's a uh, um, unfortunately been dominated by uh, financial crisis. The state has a structural uh, imbalance between the types of services it wants to provide and the revenues that it's generating through its tax base. Obviously, that's been uh, impacted by the uh, uh, economy in Michigan. And that's made it very tough uh, to maintain the kinds of program the kinds of programs that um, are best for kids. Saying, having said that, I think there's some wonderful initiatives that um, have uh, really begun to blossom 
in the state of Michigan. The graduation requirements, uh, that's going to be the new graduation requirements. That's going to be a real hard uh, row to hoe for for school districts, but at the same time, it's an it's exciting that for for kids that they're going to get that kind of curriculum and that kind of delivery of service from schools. Um, I, we're in a transition phase in Michigan, both financially and in what we're looking at in terms of the kind of education that we provide our kids. Uh, I will say this: I don't think the state fully appreciates what they've put in place by some of the decisions they've made. And I think there's an opportunity here for us to become world class if we want to grasp it. Um, but it'll it'll take all of us in education standing up and saying we're going to meet the challenge. I think Reese Puffer is ready to do it. I'm excited about the attitude of our staff toward it. Well, along those lines of becoming world class, one of the initiatives to move our education system into that area is no child left behind. What is your opinion on that initiative? Well, the the um, spirit behind no child left, no child left behind is wonderful. I mean, think about it. We're going to focus our teaching um, and our resources to the point that we're going to guarantee that no kid falls through the cracks. I don't know anybody who has walked into a school to teach kids who didn't aspire to that from the moment they became a teacher. Um, so the spirit of No Child Left Behind is absolutely wonderful. It, it, it has unfortunately um, got caught, caught up in its own bureaucratic um, red tape. And it, instead of providing what it really wanted to do, which was to free schools to, to um, become creative, uh, uh, responsive, resilient kinds of institutions – in many ways, it's it's tied our hands more than maybe any piece of legislation that we've ever had. Um, again, good sides and bad sides to it. Uh, the other the other problem with it is that it has created mandated services that it hasn't paid for. And um, when there's a plenty of revenue flowing in from taxes, that isn't usually a problem for people. But when times get tight like they have in Michigan, it certainly becomes another stress on school systems that aren't needed. I'm really hoping that the, there, there'll be a reauthorization of it here coming soon. And what I'm hoping is that, that uh, the folks who hold the key to that, and, and Representative Kildee from the Flint area is going to be one of them, uh, that we've learned enough about the application of it that we can smooth all the bumps in the road out on the, on the reauthorization that's coming up. What are some challenges you see facing the youth in the Muskegon community? Well, I think, uh, I think most things are positive. I, I think that uh, Muskegon's doing all the right things to provide a wonderful working environment for people, young folks who are going to go through our schools and want to stay here. I think we're right on target uh, through the um, uh, leadership in this community in determining what kinds of moves we want to make so that we create a vibrant community for those kids. Uh, I, I, I'd have no problem with my two kids moving back here and, and wanting to live in this area uh, when they decide they want to settle down. Um, I think the school systems uh, provide a uh, wonderful added value to this community. Uh, the, the quality of education in, in this county is next to none on the west side of Michigan. Um, so I only see bright things for Muskegon 
in terms of what we have uh, available for kids. You know, the a real important thing has been Grand Valley's um, inserting themselves in this community. And I also think that uh, the way that Muskegon Community College has really pulled uh, Ferris State, uh, Western Michigan, and Grand Valley in to provide higher education that, that can dovetail into what MCC offers is is been a wonderful boon to our kids, along with what Baker's done. I mean, you know, you talk about an aggressive uh, um, institution. They just are continually looking at adding programs, and I think that that's been a good thing for us. Talk about the importance of extracurricular activities like bands and sports with um, children and learning and how they maybe tie in and affect either positively or or maybe not so positively. Well, I think they're positive. Um, uh, and I would make a distinction uh, curriculum-wise between the uh, some of the programs that I would call co-curricular, like band, which is an academic course during the day but then might have some performance requirements that students have to engage in after school, and um, true extracurricular that would be sports and clubs and things like that. Um, they all offer students an opportunity to engage in, in something, number one, that that they're good at. They teach uh, lifelong lessons in terms of discipline, uh, stick-to-itness. One of the things that the – and I'll say flexibility too. And one of the things that our kids are going to have to have really more than a bit than my generation is the ability to adapt to different work environments, different expectations. And I really think that sports – Fine arts, when you, when you engage in those activities, those are some of the skills you learn. The other real important part of it, and we know this from a lot of uh, um, research on learning that, that, that we have been exposed to in education, is that it, it makes us use a part of the brain that um, oftentimes in, in pure academics isn't exercised. Uh, when you think of what a student is expected to do in a theater production, um, it's quite different than oftentimes what they're expected to do, for example, in math class. And um, we can't ever forget that we're educating kids holistically here and not specifically for any um, uh, career in the future. We want them to come out uh, well-rounded and, and, and ready to be able to engage in whatever they want to when they graduate from high school. That is a little bit of a different philosophy when you say then in your day or my day or when we were going through school. And it leads nicely into my next question is, what do you think public education will look like 10 years from now? Well, you know, uh, I think some of it will look like it does now. But I, I think the potential right now for change in education is absolutely incredible. Uh, there are some forces coming together that that make the opportunity for education in Michigan and the United States to look so much different than it has over the last 20 years. Now, whether that will really happen will depend on how many people in education stand up and take the opportunity to really accelerate what's going on. But when you consider the rate of change in technology, um, I think it's hard to say from a structural standpoint, what school might look like. I think that uh, from a uh, um, conceptual content sort of basis, we are going to be graduating kids with much higher levels of uh, thinking, a much 
stronger grasp of more sophisticated content in, in, in math, in science, in technology, in engineering, in uh, uh, the languages, in, in every discipline that we have, kids are going to be expected to be able to perform higher and come out with a more complex set of skills by the time they graduate. That means we won't be able to do things exactly the way that they're done now. Um, I think that we'll see um, a, a longer school year. I think that we will see um, a flexible, more flexible school day. Uh, I think that we will see, uh, as, as it always has, as technology gets cheaper, we're going to see classrooms that are outfitted more and more with more sophisticated technology. What I don't think will ever change, um, at least I think it's a key ingredient to how kids really learn, is that relationship in the classroom between the teacher and the student. And I, and, um, I, I think there is the scientific part of what we do in teaching and the uh, uh, research that goes behind that. And then I think there is the, the art of teaching that involves how you build relationships and how you really mentor a child to grow to their full potential. And, and I don't believe that will ever leave teaching. And I think in some sense we're, we're going to see that 10, 20, 30, 40 years now. It's never gone away. Um, I don't think that it ever should go away. All right. Let's move on to our final question. What is your take on schools of choice? Well, you know, the, I think that uh, Muskegon County is full of wonderful school districts. And um, I'm a real believer in uh, the local school doing the best job it possibly can for the kids who live in that school district. So the focus of Reese Puffer is that we create the best possible school system that we can for the kids who live in Reese Puffer. Um, and that means that for those kids who attend Reese Puffer, um, we're going to have the best teachers in the classroom because when the rubber meets the road, that's where kids are able to excel, is if you have an exceptional teacher, then exceptional learning will occur. Thank you very much, Steve. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. One of the strengths of the Muskegon area is the quality of education provided from schools like Reese Puffer. Education is quite often the fact cited when families and businesses locate in Muskegon. At Reese Puffer, their mission is to maximize the potential of all students and prepare them to compete and contribute as caring, knowledgeable citizens in our rapidly changing world. Public schools are facing unprecedented pressure and public scrutiny today. From budget cuts to curriculum changes, schools of choice and no child left behind, school leaders are being looked to not only as educators, but CEOs of multi-million dollar businesses. As with the Muskegon business community, leadership is critical in the success of area schools. Reese Puffer is fortunate to have sound leadership in Steve Cousins. As this podcast demonstrated, Steve has the passion for education necessary to lead Reese Puffer in the future. So for more information on Reese Puffer schools, visit their website at reese-puffer.org. I'm going to move on now to some listener feedback, and for the latest feedback on Inside Muskegon, you can visit our website at insidemuskegon.com. You can post your own comments to the site, view the comments of others, and even comment on their comments. In an upcoming show, we'll be sharing some of that feedback. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number 65 of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at insidemuskegon.com. 
Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at jason at insidemuskegon.com. This has been the Inside Muskegon Podcast. Comments are welcome through our website or by emailing jason at insidemuskegon.com. <laughs>